With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right. Happy New Year from Mackie and Judd and from Declan, who... Oh, what time is it central time right now? About 11.30? He's awake. My guess is... Probably a, a couple drinks in as he pregames for the coldest experience of his life, the Winter Classic. Is he sitting outside for the Winter Classic while yeah. you sit in the posh press box? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. His his mm. gal got him two tickets, and he's taking his brother. To be clear, she did not want to, to go, so he's not spurning Wait, her. he's forcing her to sit outside in, nope. like, minus he's go- 20? He's taking his brother. She said she oh, got dude, him I two got tickets, but to be clear, she did not want to go. Okay. So he's not Honestly, spurning her. I mean, I don't blame her. I don't want to sit outside. Listen, oh, like it, it looks like a blast, and I'm sure you guys will have fun in the warm, toasty press box oh, drinking your hot chocolate. I'm f- yeah. looking down on all of the peons with their blankets and yes. whatnot. I like how they did send out a press release saying that, hey, you can bring blankets into Target Field. So oh, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh, God. Oh, really? <laughs> really? I can bring blankets in? Can I wrap booze in those blankets? <laughs> yeah. Don't check for my nine flasks of brandy. Uh, so, all right, we wanted, this is, I mean, this is kind of a, we always do purple props on Saturday and, uh, I don't know why, but on Thursday when we were knocking some stuff out through my, uh, my food poisoning and my, my travel cancellations and escapades, we, we pumped out a bunch of episodes and then we stopped at purple props. And I don't know if it was like clairvoyant Judd or what, but I think it was you that said, Maybe we shouldn't record this a day early. Maybe we should just like, because you never know what can happen in the National right. Football League, right? <laughs> no, you don't. And no, tw- you don't. Well, 12 hours later, uh, Kirk Cousins becomes, you know, I mean, like the 10,000th NFL player to test positive or coach or whatever exactly. um, for, for the, the Omicron variant. He does, according to some reports, feel so, so apparently he felt symptoms mm-hmm. and then sort of, you know, checked himself with the team doctors and then they tested him and whatnot. So... Um, you gave a five minute emergency episode yesterday for the people, but we figured let's jump on here. We will do our game picks, which I think you all know where that's about to head now that Sean Mannion's starting, but, um, just like, let's flesh out our thoughts on just the situation that popped up this week with Kirk Cousins. And then the bigger picture of the Vikings, knowing what lies in front of them now, Sean Mannion against the Packers in a must win game with maybe jobs on the line. Good luck on that one. Um, so I actually, the, the last thing that I did on the Cousins topic yesterday was wrote a, a column for scorenorth.com uh, about it. 
and and I know that one people are mad. Like you know, we Kirk was gonna be, because this goes back to training camp. Now, I think that you can make a pretty good case that vaxxed or not vaxxed with with the way that this variant has spread, Phil. That Kirk Cousins, like a lot of guys, Mannion last Sunday was going to test positive. So like this is not a bang the table if you'd only been vaxxed. I I mean agreed. Is he going to get sicker? He might. Hope he doesn't. Uh, but that's really the discussion. More is about is about his health uh, personally, um, because we've had so many now, including myself, breakthrough cases. So what I wrote and what I believe to be true is this: uh, purely from I'll preface this a football standpoint. Okay. So I am, I am not wishing bad on anybody. I I just want to make this very clear. I'm talking to you from a football standpoint. Um, Kirk cousins and this entire thing, I believe does the Vikings a favor. This team has no business zero competing for a playoff spot that, that in my opinion should not exist. Because the seventh playoff team in this conference, especially, is going to be crap. Uh, the Vikings have at every turn disappointed. They have at every turn not reached the expectations that go back to training camp, which, to be clear, were high. Like, I did not go into this year saying, well, I hope they can make the seventh seed. I think we all said this, and I think it was accurate. It looks foolish now. Compete with the Packers for the division title, if not win it. And if and if there's people shouting at you right now saying that was an unrealistic high expectation, then my follow up to that would be, why is the expectation so low in year eight of Mike Zimmer, year four of Kirk Cousins, year fifteen of Rick Spielman? Like why? You've got all the in in theory you got you had all the pieces in place that you set in place as an organization. You spent all this money on defensive free agents. Injuries happen across. The, you want to talk about injuries? Look at the Packers. The Packers have had maybe more like top end player injuries than almost any other team in the NFL. And so like it's to your point, it's either they fell short of the expectations that should have been Mm -hmm. or the expectations should have inexplicably been set lower despite all of these things being in place. Mm -hmm. And as Dukes has said repeatedly, and I heard the same thing, ownership within that building, there were big expectations. Like they did everything that was asked as far as, as our defense stunk, go get more help. They did that. They got veterans on that side of the ball. And so the most important thing is what did the Wilfs expect? And the Wilfs expected that this was going to be a really good team. And so to go back to the Kirk thing, I think that the way that this played out as inconvenient as it's going to be for the team itself, Zimmer Spielman, probably. I think it plays out perfectly because the more the closer that we can get to sticking a fork in this team and to being done for 2021 as far as that season goes, Phil, the better. So I'm not going to complain about it one bit. I'm glad. The last thing I want this group of of um this unlikable team to do is go into Green Bay. And oh, we won! We swept the Packers. Don't you see what's going on here? Like, what if, like they, dude, what if they rally around Sean Mannion? What if Aaron Rodgers? I mean, what you know? What if we? What if we have another devastating hit on Aaron Rodgers, like Anthony Barr a few years ago? I mean, what? 
I don't think that's going to happen. No, Thielen, um, I, I know it, it's not seen as a huge loss, but Dantzler, I think, is doubtful. So, like, Chris yeah. Boyd, who's not good, is going to have to play. So, I don't want to see this team in these last two games, and especially Sunday night, Phil, experience success. I want to see them be done. And then I want to see changes start. The sooner that we can get to that without this fraudulent, we're a playoff team. Respect us. BS. So I actually, long-winded way of saying, I think Cousins not playing is great. Yeah. So I've, gosh, I've just, uh, maybe it's my, maybe it's my bad brisket hallucinations this week, but I've just been in like, thinking about the future and big picture of the Vikings mode, you know, even, even before Kirk Cousins went out with COVID, you know, making this game all but officially a win for the Packers. I've got three strong organizational thoughts that I want to throw at you here. And they're all sort of in different bins, but um, number one is any way you slice it at this point, the, the three most important figureheads for this organization beneath ownership. I mean, ownership is always going to be number one, but you can't really, you can't, you can't root for ownership to change. It's hard. Like they're not just going to sell the team. And I think, and I, by the way, I think they're good owners. I think the Wills care. I think they're willing to, they're willing to spend money, but it's, you know, sometimes we praise the Wilfs spend money and the poll ads don't. Well, yeah, but the NFL's structure makes it so that you literally can't take a loss because the salary cap protects you from doing so, but they're good owners. The three most important figureheads beneath the Wilfs are the general manager, the coach, and the quarterback. And my, my first, I guess, strong thought is if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, I don't know how much more evidence you need to see of the trio of Zimmer, Spielman, and Cousins together. I'm not suggesting you should just recklessly blow it all up and close your eyes and swing for three more replacements. Like I, I think if you're going to get rid of all three, you need to have an ironclad plan for how you're going to go three for three on those hires. So I could listen to any scenario in which you shake that trio up, but that trio is not going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know how much more proof you need. Like the closest they came, by the way, was without Cousins, right? I mean, you know, Rick, Rick Spielman came close in 2009 as part of the front office with Brad Childress, Brett Favre, bit of a fluke pop-up season. Um, 2017 was more of an organically built defensive team, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, and they knocked on the door. They went to the NFC Championship game. But that trio as constructed is not going to win a Super Bowl for the Vikings. And so if you want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl, you can't bring those three guys back in their current roles and run it back again. Um, I'll stop there. Do you have thoughts on that? I agree com completely. Um, and I just think that they took their chance there. They they took their shot with Kirk as the final piece of that puzzle, and it didn't work. Um, and look, the shot taken at the time seemed like, a, at the time, a good one. So I, I don't know what more, to your point as well, I don't know what more you need to see too. Like, like what's going to make you say, Oh, Oh, I, you know what? That performance against the Packers on a Sunday night game with, with us at uh, seven wins, uh, 15 games in that just yeah. changed my, my mind. So my, that's my big thing about the changes that I want is I've seen enough. Like there's no, well, the sample size is pretty small, Judd. No, it's actually not small. Um, the personalities don't necessarily mesh. So, yeah, I think the 
the reality that you just said, I think if the if that has not hit the Wolves square in the face, I don't know what's going to get them there because everything that you said, I think is what we've all seen and we certainly don't own this football team. Yeah, and then from there you kind of have to figure out, okay, like let's say they've come to that realization, then they have to figure out and I'm sure they're having these conversations. You've heard that they've been doing due diligence for several weeks behind the scenes. Um, they have to figure out, okay, how reckless is it to start over? Mm-hmm. Do we want, and, and they've notoriously preached stability. So I would be shocked if they just gutted all three of those spots and started over. Agreed. But they're trying to figure out, okay, is it we keep Spielman? Do we keep Spielman in a certain role and then replace Zimmer and then try to restructure Kirk? Like they're, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going through these different ruminations, yeah. right? Um, my strong thought number two here, reflecting on 2021 and life and the Vikings, is Kirk is a good quarterback, but you either need to get better, cheaper, or both at that position. And that can mean a number of different things. Like, I think people love to hold up this idea that, well, he's like the second or third best quarterback in franchise history, or look at his numbers, you know, look at look at the passer rating, or look at the completion percentage, or or my favorite is, but he's like the eighth to twelfth best quarterback in the league. Well, you know, you know, name me a better quarterback that you could get that's available. And I say, first of all, it's, it's there's only thirty two teams in the league, so like. To, to hold up this idea, like, well, he's the 10th best quarterback in the league. Okay, so he's in the 67th percentile in a league where, right. like, your goal is to win a Super Bowl, and he's paid going into next year right. to the cap as right. the third highest paid player in the NFL. I mean, it's mm-hmm. – so you either need – if you're going to pay a guy that much money to the cap, he needs to be a transformational Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady type. And by the way, those guys – have cap numbers that are far lower than Kirk because of the, yeah right because of that so you like you, you either again need someone better that makes that much money yeah or you need someone cheaper that can help you build the rest of your roster and if Kirk wants to be the cheaper answer like if I I would listen to the argument if all right I'll cut this down to like 18 million so we can build a monster team I would entertain that discussion but it's got to be a better quarterback a cheaper yeah. quarterback or both if you want the team to be better and the odds of Kirk uh, doing that are zero. Kirk is not going to. Like, Kirk's pride is tied up in, look at the contract. Look at the guaranteed cash, right? But you, So here's the, here's the path, and we've gone down this in some ways, but I think, I think we need to explore this as well, Phil, probably more thoroughly. And it's going to drive the Kirk stands crazy, and I just don't care at this point. Do you know what we don't do? Because Kirk is... Kirk is a fringe top 10, and on his best day, he's probably 8 to 10. Um, quarterback athletically, as far as what he can do at quarterback. If, and by athletically, you mean like arm, more arm, arm talent? Yeah, than, yeah. I, I'm, saying, I'm saying he doesn't fit the 2022 template, but he does fit a template of a guy who, who can throw, uh, throw the ball pretty damn well and of a guy who, when he cuts it loose, can be effective. But you know what we don't explore? And we don't explore it because there's no quantifiable stat for it. We don't explore the fact that Kirk Cousins is darn near at the bottom of starting quarterbacks in this league when it comes to the intangibles. He can't lead. He has, there is, it is crystal clear that, that any um, praise of Kirk 
is is what we call in the business lip service. Um, he doesn't have that gene. He doesn't. He is uh, he is a um, for lack of a better term, he's a milk toast, boring, run of the mill guy who he's an I employee. Think, he's yeah. an employee. But I mean, I think I. And, but the problem is, he plays a position where the intangibles are huge. Like the intangibles are damn near, if not as important as the what can he do at quarterback? Mm-hmm. Can he lead? Can guys do guys f- follow him? I mean, this is this is football, man. Quarterbacks that spot. Like that's the one thing I will give Mike this. That's the one thing for, for all of the quarterback stuff that he might not have done well. That's what Mike saw in Teddy. People would follow him into anywhere. That's impressive. That's important. Kirk is the polar opposite. Nobody follows him. Nobody can, and don't come back and, and be like, "How do you know that?" Just watch games. You know what? Did you ever uh, did you ever get into NASCAR back in the heyday, like in the nineties? I was not. I was not like you. I did not. So you know, we've and we've been friends long enough. Like I, I used to be a huge NASCAR fan as yeah. a kid in the nineties. My my uncle raced in lacrosse, lacrosse motor speedway in Wisconsin, and and so Dale Earnhardt was always my one of my favorite athletes as a kid, and. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. I'm sure there's probably five percent of our audience that used to be the same watching NASCAR. Kirk is the NASCAR driver, where you know, yeah, we got a three hour race here, 500 laps, and if the car is in pristine condition, he's one of the five best racers. Like he's gonna every corner, he's gonna hit every corner. He's gonna race efficiently. He knows how to pass guys, right? Like he can hold a lead if everything's perfect. But when there's 20 laps left, and now you got to navigate a little fuel crisis, the handling's a little loose. You know, maybe three of your three of your uh, counterparts have fresher tires or something. Like when when the race gets down into crisis mode, he's not the like he's not the step up and carry. Every, guys, what I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if this car is loose as a goose. I'm getting this thing across the finish line. I'm going to find a way. Right. Yep. I don't care if my tires are bald. I'm I'm holding these guys off behind me. Like he's looking around the room for other people to step up and fix the problem. Now, that doesn't mean all the time he fails in clutch. That's the other thing that happens. Like people say, Well, what about that game over here? What about this game over here? Yeah, of right. course. What about right. that Saints playoff game? Yes. That's true. All those things are true. He doesn't have to give those games back. But compared to the average top quarterback, he and, and we've brought stats to the show on a regular basis. He falls short. In leadership, he falls short when crisis happens, when the pocket gets muddy, when he's pressured. Basically, all the things and obstacles you have to go through if you want to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He's not good in those moments. And so then again, the conversation comes to, okay, so he gets dinged here, here, and here, despite all this arm talent. And, you know, when the conditions are perfect, he's going to sit back and throw darts and 300 yards. If he's dinged here, here, and here, is it enough to say, all right, well, let's, let's, Let's ding you where it counts in the wallet so that we can build a monster team around you that can help make up for those deficiencies. Or are those deficiencies checkmate if you want to win a Super Bowl, regardless of how much money he makes to the cap? I think they're checkmate. I really do. I, I think that they are at that position right now. I think it is checkmate. And the problem is this. If we could take Kirk's actual talent up like two notches, like if you put him on the par of a Rogers or a guy like that, you can be a freak. And guys are like, you're a freak, but you're really, really good. Um, Kirk doesn't have that. And and so 
the lacking in intangibles hurts. Um, but this is the but this is the conversation that's nuanced and difficult, and and because it can't be quantified by statistics, where the Kirk stands say, "Oh, just shut up! You don't know what you're talking about." Just watch the game, watch the teams, watch him, watch how his teammates react to Kirk. There's a lot of important things here, and and the fact that this team feels like it is a lot of several very talented individuals but not a team starts unfortunately at that position mm-hmm. like if you don't have the quarterback i don't think justin jefferson phil can say okay all right kirk's okay but he's sort of a he's sort of a, a, a milk toast dude but i got this um i think in basketball position positionally that works like our center really can't lead but i'm a guard so that's fine right hockey um, our defensemen are sort of weird dudes and I don't like them, but they're not too bad, but I am a winger and I can lead that works. I actually Basically. think it can work. Like it can work if the quarterback is like, is just like a lesser piece to the entire puzzle. And it's not, you can't be a lesser piece when you're one of the highest paid players in the NFL. Right. That, right? That's what, but that's the important thing. But I also, but I also think that it's important that the team rallies around and respects the guy at least and i don't sense a lot of respect there and and i'll give you one thing to me and i have not seen this mentioned or talked about and this is the type of thing that's very intricate but to me an interesting part kirk cousins tomorrow night is going to miss his first start since he joined the vikings beyond the last game of the 2019 season in which he was sat on purpose which is just fine that's not a a uh, criticism from me but nobody's talking about that like this guy's been an iron man like brett Favre, my golf brett Favre might miss a game right or brett Favre, you know ordinarily when you don't when you don't get hurt or sick that is a badge of honor phil that's talked about and like beaten into the ground it's never talked about with kirk he's not even perceived to be that guy so so the, that's true it, the is, that it is kind of very intriguing yeah that's incredible that's a what, what do you doesn't ha- miss games? What do you have to say? And by the way, we should shout out to just uh, real quick here, our friends at TCL. So if, you, if you've been supporting us uh, just by watching or listening to our show, then thank you. And if you've been supporting us by supporting our sponsors, thank you doubly because they're the ones that help uh, keep us employed here on Purple Daily. But TCL is a great way to ring in the new year. All kinds of great football action on the horizon here in the month of January. And they've got a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. What do you have to say? And I'll get to my third strong yeah. thought here in a second, but yeah. there's a lot of people that will come back. You know, Any sort of critical conversation about Kirk is met with, what are you guys doing? The defense is the train wreck here. I mean, look at the defense the last couple of years. They've been ranked in the bottom. You know, go, yeah. go to any category. It's like bottom yeah. five, bottom 10. Uh, like you, you numbskulls. Why would you not be talking about the thing that's the biggest problem here? What do you say to that? I say this: the entire thing, the entire team, does not work. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't have talented players at at uh, certain positions, but the entire thing. But I'm deconstructing this thing piece by piece by piece. Like, like that's where, and that's where I think it becomes so imperative that they get a fresh set of eyes. Uh, in the front office to do exactly that. 
I say the defense doesn't work. And that's a damn concern here, considering your coach is a defensive guy. Uh, I, I will say that I think in its totality, the quarterback position doesn't work. That's a concern. Um, so, like, when you look at what's wrong here, unfortunately, it's not just one thing. It's all important. But the Kirk topic is why you need a person here who didn't sign Kirk because it has to be looked at like we're talking about it right now, good and bad, but critically. And and because if you just go by the stats and box score, Kirk Cousins is fine, absolutely fine. If you watch the games, if you watch how Kirk reacts and what Kirk does, now, now we've got a discussion that goes far beyond the statistics and box score. But yes, the run defense to me, inexcusably bad. Yeah, and I, I would say my... My opinion is similar but a little different in that, to me, the defense is an obvious problem the last couple of years. And so, you know, maybe we aren't spending enough time hammering the obvious problem because we're looking underneath the floorboards here. Like, you're looking at, oh, the, you know, the, right. the house is on fire over here. And if you can just put the fire out, then the house is going to be fine again. And I'm saying, well, actually, there's a lot of mold on the interior, regardless of the fire that people aren't paying attention. I think a lot of people figure if you snap your fingers and get a more, you know, if you think Mike Zimmer has lost his touch defensively or whatever, like you can fix the defense through better coaching, scheming, and drafting and players, however you want to fix the defense. A lot of people think if you can just fix the defense, then this thing becomes a championship caliber team. And I would tell you two things. I think you're mistaken because I don't think you have a championship caliber quarterback, but I also think the non-championship caliber quarterback that makes that much money relative to the salary cap prevents you from building the monster defense that you want to build. Right. It's the same problem Seattle's been having, too, with Russell Wilson. You know, And, and Russell Wilson, I, I think, is less likely in Seattle to restructure his contract to be team-friendly so they can build the rest of their roster because he doesn't like playing for Pete Carroll anymore. And like, that's probably a thing with Cousins. If Cousins loved his head coach... Maybe he'd be more willing to say, all right, guys, all right, I know you disagree, but you know, but all these pieces kind of fit together. The fact that the coach and the quarterback don't have good chemistry means why would the why would the quarterback why would the quarterback compromise and do something for the team if Mike Zimmer doesn't compromise and if Rick Spielman doesn't compromise and get a right guard in here who can block, right? Like it's just the whole thing doesn't work. It's it well, fix the defense. That's not that's that's the obvious front facing problem. Right. And maybe we haven't talked enough about it, and I will I will say that for us, and maybe we should. But there are underlying things under the floorboards here that I think we find more interesting and important to the greater cause here of winning a Super Bowl. I think it's fair to say this. I think the puzzle does not fit together, and and it's a multitude of, of things. And unfortunately, I think that the conversations in this town far too often turn towards, well, if you just fix this, it's going to be fine, right? Super Bowl... Or bust. Uh, and that's not, you know, that's not the case. And it's I think it's difficult for people, especially diehards, to accept the fact that this whole thing has run its course and it needs changes. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. It, if the house is on fire and you put out the fire, the house is still in bad shape. And it was I'm what I'm what I'm saying is the house was in bad shape even before it yeah. caught fire. <laughs> well, and, and what I'm suggesting is um, and, and I think this can be done relatively quickly. What I'm suggesting is you got to tear a bunch of this house down. 
Now I am going to leave the Jefferson beam in place. The Jefferson beam solid. I got the foundation, baby. I would argue that the Brian O'Neill beam over here is yeah, great. Exactly. I kind of so, like the Christian Derisaw beam over here too. But I, but the, but this puppy needs some work in some the, key places. The Ezra Cleveland countertops. I, I I'm fine with those. Those Ezra are great. <laughs> yes. Give me the give me the Cam Bynum trim on the outside of yeah uh, yeah that's just the trim. the windows too. That's just the Great. trip. But, I mean, the Jefferson beam, we got a starting point here. <laughs> so, all right, my uh, my third strong thought here, wrapping up 2021 and heading into 2022, is so Sean Mannion is starting this game on Sunday night. And the fact that the Vikings are starting Mannion over Mond is an indictment on – I initially tweeted this out and said it's an indictment of, on one of two things – and there might be a third option here too, I guess. But it's either an indictment on Mond that he's just not getting it quick enough to, it, dude. It ain't like you're. It's not like he's trying to beat out a Nick Foles or something, right? Like the like the Bears' third string quarterback is a former Super Bowl MVP, and so I could see if you got a backup with some pedigree or something that's in there, you're not going to leapfrog that guy. Maybe it makes sense. Sure. Sean Mannion is one of the least credible backup quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of like how comfortable you would feel putting him into a game. He's a glorified assistant coach, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what he is. Mm -hmm. And maybe he, maybe he proves me wrong and lights it up on Sunday, in which case I'll eat crow on Monday. But the fact that Mond after four or five months, it's either an indictment on his ability to get up to speed or whatnot, or it's an indictment on the coaching staff, not getting him up to speed, it's always kind of felt like he's just been off to the side. Listen, we've got crisis after crisis every week here trying to fix the offensive line and the scheme. And, you know, we had a self-scouting come to Jesus week before the bye and this and that. Sorry, Kellen, we just don't have time to pour energy into you. Not to mention the head coach doesn't care about developing a backup quarterback that may or may not help him keep his job. And the 34-year-old offensive coordinator is probably in over his head when it comes to working with the starting quarterback. So like they, they, you know, they don't have the time that other teams would to pour energy into that. And a lot of people clap back and say, well, what about Rick Spielman? What if, you know, Rick Spielman may have whiffed on the pick. And I say, he might've, I just think it's way too early after a few months to say that, that, oh my God, like this guy can't play football in the NFL. I think once you, once you make that pick, you put him into the organization and it's up to him to get up to speed fairly quickly. And then it's up. To, we're not talking like he hasn't played the game yet. I don't think you can ding the general manager until we've seen the guy, you know, two or three years down the road. But the coaching staff can't get him up to speed and feel confident enough. He's much more talented than Sean Mannion. Five, six months since training camp. So I don't know. Like it, just, the whole thing feels like an indictment on everyone and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely does. Um I think I have a solution here for for this Be- because so Kirk was going to play. Kirk got got sick. It's not surprising, but got sick and and was put on the list on Friday. Um, it's going to be freezing cold in Green Bay. Mons snaps st- during the week were probably few and far between, if any. The Vikings almost certainly. We all should hope are going to lose, so they'll be done. I think the indictment is if Mond does not start the Bears game, and here's why. Do you think Cousins would start that game? Is there any way Cousins would play that game? He could. He could because if if he doesn't have symptoms in five days and clears, I think, what, twice, two tests, 
he he can now come back yeah. but but this is this is my point for for where I think the Vikings are far more susceptible to be criticized. Give Mond basically if as soon as the game ends and and hopefully you've lost to the Packers, you go to Mond and say next Sunday you you start. You're getting all the snaps in practice. Like like we're going we're going to we're going to fulfill everything with you in the coming week um, that a starting quarterback would get. It's an indoor game, so it's warm. So we're we're not exposing you to this, you know, five below frigid, yeah. miserable night. TV. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So so I think that that is, and I don't care if Kirk is good to go. I think the answer is, and I think it's an indictment if the Vikings start either Cousins or Mannion at seven and nine in that Bit Bears game. That's BS. What's amazing though is like. I agree. Those all of those weather reasons too, and national TV. Those are like, okay, do you, you want to throw a guy out there? And and he probably didn't get snaps this week. I'll I'll give him that. Yep, like He's, that, or he got scout team tougher. snaps or something. So right. I I, yeah. I understand all that stuff, but people act like, well, Sean Mannion can shoulder all of those things. You know, Sean Mannion's gonna, yeah. you know, he'll he'll be less impacted by the cold. It's like really, <laughs> it's cold for everybody. I think the biggest thing that bothers us all about Mond is this, because I don't have a problem with a kid not playing. Like that's not, it, it's a little bit concerning that he couldn't eventually dress for games, but like, you know what? Sit behind the scenes, learn, you get some snaps, as you just said, scout team snaps. I think the indictment is you, me, Declan, the listeners, we don't trust the Vikings to develop him. Like, like if they had if they had a resume of look what we've done with quarterbacks and stuff, we would all be like, oh, okay, I totally get it. Pretty yeah, smart. They just um, avoid quarterbacks. Exactly, but that's our problem. Like, like we both think, and I think that we're right that Kellen Mond probably has been has been put on the shelf and is collecting quarterback dust, mm-hmm. and that's where this is. But, but it's not like we're just spitballing and guessing. If this kid gets in and plays well and looks super prepared i'll be shocked but i would give him that last start did i see this i just want to pull this up real quick here someone because the vikings had what they had uh they had like three third round picks and then a couple of and you did see that right those snaps are right chaz surat who was a converted quarterback to linebacker hasn't played um wyatt davis hasn't played kellen mond Hasn't played. Yeah. So they. All right. So this is. We can. We should do a full episode on this. I mean, that's not. It's not good. I saw their third round picks are Kellen Mond, Chaz Surratt, and Wyatt Davis, and Patrick Jones. Is Jones Patrick Jones the only one who's played snaps? Yes. They had four third round picks, and three of them haven't played. (sighs) And the quarterback, I I do like. I I do get that one. Wyatt Davis is, and I don't even care at this point it's bizarre to me yeah like and how many of the uh, this is a conversation for another day but i you know i think some of this is mike zimmer just has lost trust in young players yeah playing he'd rather he'd rather roll with you know a career special teamer or something as a as a linebacker stepping up mm-hmm. now cam cam bynum has stepped up and he was a fourth round pick and uh you know it took him a while but wong Wu has gotten some time mostly because of injuries yeah so, and then Smith Marset, you know, hasn't done a whole lot this year, but did catch a touchdown against the Rams, I want to say. 
So, um, I don't know. That's pretty bad. Like, you're either not drafting the right players, which is what a lot of people would say. I think what Rick Spielman would say is, no, these dudes are talented. We just we got a problem with Mike Zimmer and the coaching staff not trusting them or developing them. I think the coach says, I have to win or I'm fired. Why, why would I play a converted quarterback to linebacker? And Spielman's like, yeah, but I mean, have you seen the athletic talent of Chaz Surratt? It's unbelievable. Yeah. And Mike's like, well, that's fine, but that doesn't help me. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the most important people with this fr- franchise right now, and this includes to what you said before, Phil, Kirk Cousins. I don't think anybody's on the same page. Yeah. All right. Let's let's quickly get to just our, our usual uh, slate of purple props here, playoff odds and the and the game against Green Bay, presented by our friends at Surly. Ringing in the new year. Oh, I saw you last night yep. ringing in the new year with a little yep. can of Surly. Got or... the robe on. I had wow. the robe on. Is that a Surly branded robe? It should be. I don't think they, they have sell such ro- a they thing. Should no, sell I got robe. the hat on, but I don't think that that's a great idea. Why just don't like they a, have robes? Come on, Like guys. a patch, like a <laughs> yeah. Surly patch. And okay. I t- told you, pipe too. And I can combine all of those things with absolutely my favorite beer in the whole wide world. Drinking a few of them last night to ring in 2022. Surly Furious IPA. If you're going to go to that last game against the Bears and you're saying to yourself, what's my incentive to be here in the stadium watching this team play? I'm going to tell you right now, Surly available throughout the stadium. It'll make your day better, of course. Drink responsibly. But Surly Furious is the way to go in 2022. Boom. That's right. Actually, let me hit that sounder with proper John Madden volume here. Come on! Yeah. Football! There you go. Um, also, hey, Federated's been helping business owners for over 100 years, for many, many years before 2022. But uh, heading into the new year, if you are a business owner and you're looking for just you know better risk management, risk protection, protecting your employees, your bottom line, that's where Federated comes in. Think of them as a good, solid, reliable offensive line. They're just out there. You know, you got to serve they're on the field pick. as a quarterback. They exactly. step right in. Yeah, exactly. But they're a first-round pick that you hit on. Yeah. You know, the Vikings haven't done a, a lot of that outside <laughs> of Justin Jefferson. So FederatedInsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So, all right, Purple Props, playoff odds heading into this week. Now, this percentage, I think it remains the same despite who the quarterback is going to be, but – Obviously, this like I grabbed these percentages before that news came out. Uh, Five thirty-eight has the Vikings at a thirteen percent chance to make the playoffs, 01 percent chance to make the Super Bowl. Football Outsiders has them at a nineteen percent chance to make the playoffs, point one percent Super Bowl, and uh, they're just like they have to win. Yes, and then they're hoping for like Eagles Niners losses and Saints loss, and it's and it's think- a jumbled mess. And I think if they were to upset the Packers, I think the play I heard the playoff chances could go up to like 50 percent at that chance because they're they in do. great shape at that. But I yeah. mean, come on, because it's an NFC win, yeah, and it's a win that you weren't expected to win. Yep. So, uh, and then the Vikings are now they've gone from six and a half point underdogs. <clears throat> this is actually the most I've seen a line move because of a quarterback change, but it, it speaks to it speaks to what Vegas thinks of the difference between Kirk Cousins and Sean Mannion. Sure. Because a lot of times a starting quarterback will go out, like Lamar Jackson goes out, that line doesn't move a touchdown. The Vikings are 13-point underdogs now on the road against the Packers. So I, I, you know, I'd I, be curious to know if you talk to uh, some of the Sharks in, 
in Vegas. Is this one of the widest point spread gaps between starting quarterback and backup quarterback in the NFL? It, it feels like it. I mean, Sean Mannion yeah. has done nothing in his career on the field. So started like what career wise, three games or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't gone well. Mm-hmm. So they're 13 point underdogs. Sunday Night Football, 67% of the bets are on the Packers, but 96% of the money is on the Packers. And so I think that tells you that a lot of there's a lot of high roller money coming in saying, I don't care what the spread is. Aaron Rodgers is ridiculous, and now he's facing Sean Mannion. To add to it, the Packers are 11-3 against the spread this season and 6-1 and against the spread at home this season. Aaron Rodgers wow. in his career at home. This is nuts. This is what 15 years of sample size here, or like 13 years. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers in his career at home is 68, 37, and four against the spread. He's 31 games above 500 wow. against the spread. That's a 25 percent ROI. That's nuts. If you just bet Aaron Rodgers to cover the spread at home, regardless of opponent or the number. Whew. So, um, I mean, I think. Well, I'll just go ahead. Who wins well, I, and who covers? <laughs> uh, the Packers. The Packers win. Here, okay. Here's my problem with the spread. The weather. So it's supposed to be. It's a night game. It, I believe the forecast calls for for a temperature flat out of zero at kickoff. And I always go go back to the Seahawks. Vikings playoff game where you couldn't score points. Like it was very hard to score points. Um, That line would scare me off. I think I would not touch it. Uh, I would bet the Packers to win the game for sure. Uh, But 13, if you're going to cover by 13, like are they going to win 16? Oh, are the Vikings going to score a touchdown? If if you put a, if, if you made me take a side, I'd probably take the Packers and give the points. But when it's going to be that cold outside, it does give me cause to be a little bit concerned. Yeah, I uh, actually uh, at the at one of the hotels we were displaced at before finally getting on a plane. I literally was like watching YouTube videos of the coldest NFL games ever, like the freeze, oh, the, the freezer. Well, the ice bowl is the most famous one. Yeah, the freezer bowl between the Chargers and the Bengals back Great in the early eighties playoff game. Right, that was fantastic. The Raiders and the Browns from like nineteen eighty one. I want to say okay, and uh, yeah, these were, and then the you know the the Vikings and the Seahawks was like the third coldest game yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. And almost all of those games are under four, under thirty or forty combined points. Yeah, and almost all of them are just really hard to score. So, to your point, could I see like Packers win nineteen to seven or something in a game that l- looks closer on the scoreboard than it is? Maybe, but I I actually think Aaron Rodgers thrives off motivation. And I think he respects Mike Zimmer, but I also think there's a there's a healthy level of I want to stick it to these guys. This team feels like it's on the ropes organizationally, and I can deliver like an organizational knockout changing punch. knockout punch, <laughs> get people fired, and that's that's kind of what it feels like. So I I'm gonna say Packers win, and I think the Packers cover. I think they cover the third team. That's okay. a huge number, but that's a really big number. I don't know if I see like a backdoor cover, but it could be like nineteen to three. 
like, in which like, case, well, that then the Packers would cover. Right, but I'm saying that's possible. I just can't see it being like uh, um, a game where where it's easy to move the ball. I think it's going to be difficult. And if these teams are smart, just run. Because just run. Well, clock. that's what the, the Vikings need to run the ball like 40 yeah. times in this game. But I mean, right? just run clock to get this thing done with. Like, this is a waste of time. Right you know now. who's the most mad is the NBC sports executives that didn't have enough time to shift this game out of a primetime spot, right? They should have done that regardless. I, I guess the Packers do draw. But yeah, I was surprised. Like, this is for, for a Viking Packer game, this really lacks sex appeal. Yeah. Really badly. Well, don't don't tell that to Sean Mannion and his family. All right, it's a good for Sean sexy I, man. It's going to be trotting. Out I hope there. he does well. I got nothing against Sean. I, I hope he does great. I don't. I don't really care if he does well. I just. I hope he does well. Just, you know, just find me the next. It's a new find me the next iteration of 2022. 2022 purple Kool Aid baby. It's a new Judd. Got the robe. Got the surly. If they if they win the game, I'm very curious to see how Ventline goes. But if they lose the game in the fashion that we just all feel like they're going to lose the game, I think Ventline on Sunday night should just be all about because then it's like official, right? Okay, right. now we can we can fully talk about next year. We can just turn the last two Ventlines into 2022 Vikings. What should they do? Let's just yeah. let's just let's speculate. Let's have fun. Yep. Let's uh, let's. We will finally have emerged from the this this dark two year period of bland Vikings well, football. Hopefully, Let's, hopefully, there's no way they don't make changes, right? I think if they get smoked by Green make, Bay, I think they're going to jump out in front and let Mike Zimmer go. Before I want, I think they want to interview coaching candidates. I think they make changes. I don't know that the change. I don't know that they're going to make the necessary changes. We'll see. I think that they are. I I think what Dukes has been saying, the more I I hear is absolutely correct. I think they're torn on who would go. And yeah, I mean, stability is nice, but at some point in time, you have to understand that stability is also a crutch. Well, stability, stability is earned. That's the difference. Well, the Steelers and the Giants have stability. They also have like 11 Super Bowl championships. And it's a, but it's a crutch too. Like we have stability. Okay. Do you have championships? Like, are you winning? Did things work? Well, no, but we have stability, and and the Steelers do too. And yeah, well, you're right. Go look in their trophy case. They have Lombardi trophies. Yeah, and now, now I don't think you should. I think stability is important. I don't, but I think at some point it's like, okay, if is it is it earned stability? Right. Or I don't think you should just be firing coaches and GMs no. every two years like some of these teams do. No, but yes, it definitely becomes a crutch. Well, look at us. We're stable. Yeah, but you're not good. Yeah. All right. We I, so much more we can get into here. Long episode. Will. Look at that. Uh, we said we were going to do like 20 minutes. And, 20 minutes. Or 46 but minutes? I'll tell you, like, the, well, we are going to be, there is so much. I almost feel like the period between January and May is sometimes even more fun on this show. And Oh, reckless speculation. In the NFL. I mean, yeah, if you're just discovering us for the first time in the last few weeks or months, um, thank you. And thanks to everyone who's been there for the long haul too. We're just, you know, just wrapping up 2021. This was a record year in every category for Purple Daily and Score North. So we appreciate you guys. But stick with us. Once the season's over, it might even be because now it's going to be all about hope and the future and what could be and all these things. It's going to be if you thought we're being too negative the last couple months, then just wait till the the day after the season's over because then it's all about how this team can build. 
to an I actual championship future. I am so excited for the quarterback carousel. It's it. I it, think it could be. It's going to be amazing. I mean, you're literally going to have like Hall of Famers potentially available, right? Rogers, Russell Wilson. You know, the Steelers are going to be looking for a quarterback. Yes, the Saints are going to be trying to find one, and the Saints, the Saints are. I think the Saints are done screwing around. I think the Saints are going to try to find Drew Brees' replacement. Mm-hmm. Like not, hey, can Jameis Winston play? You know, Taysom Hill might play, right? I think that no. was a one year and done. I think the Saints are going to put their foot down and say, we are going big game quarterback hunting. Yeah, Sean Payton's it. been around long enough. Like that dude doesn't want to tinker around for two more years. And you don't think that that a guy like like Wilson wouldn't want to play for Sean Payton? Oh, like, it- yeah, offensive genius with a quarterback like that, marriage, marriage made at least for a while in heaven. Well, imagine Kirk with a guy like Sean Payton. Kirk, you see the whatever the best version everyone thinks is of Kirk, you would see it with Sean Payton. What would you think or, about Kirk? Or, or they would Kirk. hate each other. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think Payton would would like Kirk. What do you think about Kirk in Pittsburgh? I think he's well. I think he's a huge upgrade from Ben Roethlisberger's current yeah, condition. Absolutely. So I think he would. I think he would help them. Yeah, and I think the, and they've had some issues with Ben's cap number too. So it's you know it's not like, you know, they, think, they'd they'd find a way sign him to a three year deal or something. I think Peyton would see the flaws because he's like offensively gifted. He's really good. He's a mm-hmm. jerk, but he's really good. Um, I'm assuming Tomlin stays in Pittsburgh, and I think Tomlin would he's not like the x's and o's offensive guy and so i i think kirk seems like a very pittsburgh move to me i think pittsburgh is going to go after aaron Rodgers first just like the broncos are going to go after aaron Rodgers. i think he might stay put phil i think there's a chance i think Mm -hmm. he might stay put but if you gave Rodgers a choice would you want to go play for pittsburgh or green bay one more time i think he would be really interested in going and playing for pittsburgh the packers ultimately have to trade him Aaron, he, you know, he doesn't yeah. get to fully dictate. Aaron also, I thought he he was well. First of all, he's weird, but I thought that he was headstrong. Like really, until he like you know all spring and summer, right? It was all this. I ah, I'm gonna get this and get that and blah blah blah. And then he just showed up at training camp, and I'm like, hold on a second here. And and I I think he put on the big pout to get control. Like and and I think that the Packers got scared. And so, so I think because Aaron got what he wanted by pouting, I think he stays put. But I mean, Kirk and Pittsburgh would be intriguing to me. I could. Yeah, see I think he'd look weird in those yellow pants. That's the only thing. But like most guys look weird in those yellow pants. Yellow, yeah, they have I mean, weird you know, uniforms. Yeah, I mean, okay, he's a clown. Who cares? I'm glad the Vikings don't use yellow pants. Uh, that's also another discussion for another day. All right, this is Purple Daily. Happy New Year, everybody. Mackie and Judd and for uh, for Declan, who is gearing up for the Winter Classic. We will see you guys on Vikings Ventline tomorrow.